0: Hi folks, this is Jack Spirico with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world and the changing times and the things that we can all do to live a better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't dictate it, it is almost always the case from my personal mobile studio, my 2006.5 Jetta Diesel TDI, as I make my 50-mile commute between Arlington and Frisco, Texas. Uh, today is February 11th, a Wednesday, and I believe we are up to episode 100. 139, which is pretty cool. There was no show yesterday. Part of it's going to be some math I'm going to give you today, and I tried to do it a different way, and uh, got to the office and and checked my math and went, it just doesn't work, and it was too big a part of the show to uh, edit out, and uh, it was wrong. And I was just like, I can't put out wrong information. On the other side of that, additionally, I got to the office and I had about a million little fires to put out. Uh, so I didn't have time to do anything with it anyway, honestly. So I decided, no show yesterday. I'd rather do no show than a bad show or an inaccurate and wrong show. Because uh, I have, do have a commitment to you guys, and it's not to make you happy with me. It's not to always make you agree with me. But it is, if I state something equivocally as fact... Uh, for that either to be accurate or at least for the source information that I got it from to be reasonably assumed as accurate. In other words, I may tell you something, it may turn out to be wrong, but I'll have a source for it. And if I don't have a source for it, I'm not going to give it to you as fact. I'll tell you it's an opinion. So I gave you guys some facts yesterday that were wrong, so you never heard them, so we don't have to worry about that now. Um, Last night, before I get into today's show, last night we had a little interesting event here in North Texas um march and april in the May and June are usually what we call tornado season down here Uh, we got off to an early start though with a very large squall line of storms that came off the Pacific and came into here last night and we had multiple tornado touchdowns it doesn't appear that we had too much damage, it seems like where we had touchdowns they were in remoter areas, we didn't, you know, thank God nobody that lives in a trailer park or anything got tore up last night, Uh, we did look like we had some rotation up around Hearst, Julius, Bedford, there's a lot of trailer parks up there. Uh, those guys have taken it on the chin in the past. With flooding into tornadoes, fortunately, they... Uh they didn't get hit this time, so uh, I, I really haven't looked at the weather this morning at all. I don't know what happened. I know Oklahoma looked like it had some real pounding coming last night, and it looked like that storm was going to get stronger, so if, if uh, anybody knows about places where they've taken it hard, maybe post on the forum about it, and let's uh, let's always, always, you know, you kind of band together and see if there's uh, your fellow man you can help out. Uh, most of the people that get hit by these storms are uh, good country folks that uh, try to live a good life, and uh, you know... You We can just think back Not too long ago About Greensboro, Kansas And uh, what happened there And You know This one looks like Maybe everybody Cated it But There will be a big one this year again. There always is. There's probably going to be more than one. So that's just one reason why we prep, you know. And I posted on the forum last night a radar shot of the storm coming in. Posted a couple updates during the storm. And for me, it wasn't that big a deal. Our little wind gauge got up to 49 miles an hour. Uh, That might sound like a lot in some parts of the country, but that's kind of a non-event for a Texas thunderstorm. If you're not talking 60, 70 miles an hour wind, nobody really cares. It's just not a big deal. Uh, We didn't even get any hail. So, my plants made it through. And I said on the forum, I felt kind of guilty last night standing out on the overhang, under the overhang on the deck, watching the rain pound the ground and worried that it might get too much or we might get some hail and it might damage my plants that were in the ground. Uh, when I knew other people just to my south and just to my north were worried about whether or not their house would be taken down. And somebody posted back and said, Well, you should be happy that you can worry about that instead of your house because you've prepared. And, folks, we're, we're preppers, man. I mean, that's why I do this show every day. But I'll tell you something about a tornado. Tornado. You don't really prep your house for a tornado unless you started thinking about that the day you built it. And we bought a home like most people around here do. And if we take a direct hit, we take a direct hit like anybody else. These are one of these weather events that uh, you're prepping is about, if you get hit directly, it's about picking up the pieces of what's left. And I guess our biggest prep is we have a second house we could go to. So uh, that would have been nice. But these storms, honestly, they scare me. They scare me more than anything else that we have to contend with. Because something like a hurricane, you know it's coming and you can evacuate. And, and you, if you have to evacuate once or twice a year, no problem. But these storms we get here in Texas, uh, we'll get one every two or three days through the summer. And you never know which one's going to let loose on you. And you can't evacuate. You just got to kind of hunker down and take it. So, you know, think about people, if you're not in the part of the country, you know, Texas... Straight up through the Dakotas, that whole piece called Tornado Alley. Send your thoughts to the folks that live there once in a while, man, because uh, it's a perfect example of how things can go wrong even when we don't have any of the big global catastrophes happening. Anyway, on to today's show. I, I have been toying around with putting together an individual declaration of independence. And, and to, uh, to trash, as he's known on the forum, you're going to have to wait, man, for me to come out with it. Because I'm actually taking this thing pretty seriously. And I'm going through it, and I'm thinking about all the things that we can reasonably expect somebody in the in the, you know this day and age to totally divorce themselves from. And I'm also trying to do it in a way that doesn't get anybody in any trouble. I don't want anybody on a terror watch list. I don't want anybody being accused of renouncing their citizenship and the the, the you know the uh, the, uh, the 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 uh, what am I looking for? I'm saying credentials, but I'm thinking uh, the rights and uh, and uh, protections that go with citizenship. Because that's not what we're talking about with this. But we are talking about some level of civil disobedience, and I'm going to talk more about civil disobedience today too. I think we're getting to a point where if we don't take the reins of our government back soon. And we're never, you know, the thing is, I, I want to talk to you today, too, about some of the people that we look back into history and think, now that was a president, and how, you know, maybe they weren't quite as great as we think, and we've always had problems with our government, but now we're getting to a point where it's running away. And uh, to make this point, and to really start off on the right foot in the right direction, I want to tell you, You know, what just happened is this stimulus bill occurred. We had a few turncoats from the Republicans, just like I said we would, to get the vote. You know, pass cloture into a final vote, and then they voted for it yes again on the cloture vote. And I think we need to send those three senators a message. So I'm going to name them today, and I'm going to put contact information for them, or them, and I'm going to ask you to do something if you if you agree with me after this show and going into the next several elections with these three people, no matter where you live. And we're going to start making it known that people in Texas can influence an election in Maine or Pennsylvania, and that is constant. Constitutional and that is legal, and we're going to start making it known, especially to senators, because there's only a hundred of those clowns, and there's only thirty of them up for re-election at any one time. And if we're happy with half of them, and if you know another ten of them are, uh, you know, it doesn't. There's nothing we can do about it. they're, they're their people are happy with them. And that only leaves us three or four that are in the middle that we're really unhappy with. We can make their campaigns different, even from another state. So I'm going to talk about that. But what I want to point out is... Exactly what I said was going to happen occurred with this damn thing. You know, they went in and negotiated and then they came out and called it bipartisan, and it's not bipartisan. It's not bipartisan when you have three rhinos, and here's the names of our three rhinos. And for those who don't know the term, a rhino is a Republican in name only. And if you're a first-time listener, I am not a Republican advocate. I am not a conservative talk show host. I am a libertarian. I don't want either one of these parties in control of my nation anymore, but I do expect the people in their parties that name themselves this way to adhere to some level of the principles that they say they do. And that is, you know, Republicans are not supposed to be for growing the power and size of government. And we've just grown the power and size of government by $837 billion, so these three turncoats got to go. They are Olympia Snow of Maine, Susan Collins of Maine, and Arlen Specter of Pennsylvania. Now, I called Arlen Specter's people, and I said, you know, I voted for the senator in the past when I was a resident of Pennsylvania. And I am appalled that he's voted yes on this closure vote. And I advised him to reconsider his vote going forward. And she basically said, okay, we've written that down. And then she said, can I get your zip code? And I said, 76017. She said, where's that? I said, Texas. She goes, sir, you realize that Arlen Specter is not your senator any longer. I said, excuse me, would you repeat that? She said, you realize that Arlen Arlen Specter is not your senator anymore. I said, listen, I am a citizen of the United States. He's a United States Senator. He is accountable to me. Now, I don't get to vote in his election, but I am damn sure going to make sure that I contribute to the campaign of whoever runs against him in the primaries. And if he gets that right, I'm going to contribute to whoever runs against him from the opposing party. And I'm going to contact every associate that I have in the state of Pennsylvania and remind them of what he did today. When he's up for re-election. And I know an awful lot of people in Pennsylvania. And I'm willing to spend quite a bit of money when I'm hacked off. So you relay that to the senator and tell him, as far as I'm concerned, he still works for me. And folks, that's what I'm going to want you to do with these three clowns as it comes up time for re-election. I'm going to want you to call their offices and tell them pretty much what I just said. But it is too late for the vote. So just basically say, because you did this, I'm making a contribution to your competitor your opponent, and I'm letting everybody I know in the state of Maine re- remember what you did in, in endorsing your opponent, and then if they win the primary, I want you to do it again and endorse the other party, no matter who they are, now, that's only if you agree with me, but I think it's time we start making a statement, and this is one way I can think of to start making a statement, because there's quite a few thousand of us, and folks, I'm not talking about a big contribution, symbology is important here, 10 bucks, 10 bucks times 3 is $30, if you have to do it twice, you're talking 60 to make a real statement that you can't get away with things because you just think you're safe because you're not my senator. You All you clowns work for us, right? You have direct employees. You're direct senators. But we need to start making a statement. Now, I, I want you angry. And I want to stop this misdirection bullshit. Now, what did I see on TV this morning? On Fox News. The one place you would expect to hear how bad the bailout is now that it passed. No? We are being misdirected away from it. It's already done. Forget about it. Play attention to the shiny quarter. So what were our two big stories today? Michelle Obama's wardrobe and the octuplet lady again. All right? I don't give a damn about this octuplet lady. I don't care that she looks like Angelina Jolie. I don't care that she doesn't make enough money. And I don't care that she's going to use 23,000 diapers a year. I care that my country just pissed away almost a trillion dollars of our children's future. And I care that the President of the United States had the audacity to come out, look the American people square in the eye of the night before they did it, and tell us there is not one pet project in this bill. There is no pork in this bill. I said that we should support President Obama, even though I was unhappy that he was elected. I am now telling you I feel we have already been betrayed in his first month in office. The man also said during this speech, that if your opinion is that the government should do nothing. You're not invited to the debate. Your voice doesn't count. In other words, if you're just against bailing out the country with government money and you think we should try to find a solution that doesn't involve spending tons of money we don't have, your opinion doesn't count. Now, folks, I think that most of the people that listen to this show feel that way. And your president just told you your opinion doesn't count. And he just lied to you and told you that there were no pet projects in a trillion-dollar bill. How stupid do these clowns think we have become that you can spend $837 billion of our money and tell us none of you got any pet projects? When well, we know that Nancy Pelosi, when they put the original bill together, went up and down the aisle on the Democrat side and said, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Now, there's no earmarks in the bill. It's not specifically earmarked to, to you know, representative so-and-so's district, but when it goes to the state, it goes to the state. When it goes to a city, it goes to the city. And the governors and the mayors are lining up with their wish lists and we're bailing the whole damn country out now. And remember what we were sold. So every day what I want to do is, even if I'm talking about storing food, I want to tell you one thing that $837 billion could have bought. And uh, then we can look at what we're getting and say which one would we have rather had. Let's say we threw away the tax cuts. We just spent $837 billion on one thing. Now, remember, one of the things we're supposed to be doing here is is creating independence from foreign oil, creating new green energy jobs programs, and generating power to drive our country forward into a new age of environmentally friendly, renewable sources of energy. So what I did is I said, well, how much does it cost to generate wind energy? I went to GE's website and I looked at the specs on their big giant commercial turbines and they gave me a number of between three and a half to four cents per kilowatt for wind generation of electricity. This is is the whole cost of projects designed to turn, you know, construction, everything. Three and a half to four cents a kilowatt. So I said, well, let's take 837 billion frickin' dollars and divide it. By four cents. Now, I couldn't use a normal calculator. I had to use the one on the computer because there are too many zeros. But what I got is that's about, and I rounded these numbers off. So most of them are actually quite larger because there's hundreds of millions that go after the points. Uh, But I just can't say this on the air. and keep a straight face. So I rounded it off. That's about 20.9 trillion kilowatts. 20.9 twenty point nine trillion kilowatts of electricity that we could have generated from wind sources in the United States twenty point nine trillion right the the river point nine starts to sound small point nine that alone would be nine hundred billion kilowatts. What's the twenty trillion more? So I said, okay, now here's what I have to do. I have to figure out how much oil does this represent. Well, it turns out that one gallon of oil has about 18 kilowatts of energy potential in it. If we're using oil and burning oil to get electricity, by the time it's turned into a type of oil that we can actually use, right? So 18 kilowatts per gallon. Fine. Um divide 20.9 trillion by 18, and you get 1.1 trillion gallons of oil. 1.1 trillion gallons of oil. Now, how much oil is in there in a vaulted barrel of oil? Now, most people think of 55-gallon drums or 50-gallon drums. A barrel of oil on the open market is 42 gallons. So we take our 1.1 trillion gallons of oil, and we divide it by 42, and we see that for our investment of $837 billion, we get green energy that is equivalent to 27.6 billion barrels of oil say it again, for our investment there we would have gotten 27.6 billion barrels of oil equivalent energy but it would be 100% renewable 100% environmentally friendly and have created millions of jobs because you got to build an ass load of wind farms to spend 837 billion dollars folks and you got to build them all over the United States of America and you got to build transmission lines etc you got to build a hell of a lot of infrastructure with $837 billion to generate that amount of electricity. But that's what we would get. All right, so let's put a price on oil. Now, everybody knows that oil's down in the $38, $40 range right now. We remember it was $144. But let's just be ultra-freaking-conservative and say over the next 5 to 10 years that we would be doing this, that oil is going to average 45 bucks. Now, I think that's extremely conservative, and if anybody wants to bet on the price of oil going over $45 by 2010, please let me know. I will give you some Vegas-style action on that. But let's use 45 bucks. so we take 27.6 billion freaking barrels of oil at $45 a barrel, and we get $1.24 trillion for the oil which means our return of investment is immediately roughly 400 billion freaking dollars profit profit 400 billion dollars in profit and an infrastructure that's turning out 20.9 trillion kilowatts a freaking year that's what your money could have bought But no! What did we buy? We bought STD clinics that are supposed to create jobs. We bought billions of dollars for frickin' Acorn to go out and fraudulently register voters that you know are going to vote for one side of the aisle. I don't even care which side it is. It shouldn't matter. If they're fraudulently registering voters for either side of the aisle, they are scum. Whether it's Republican, whether it's Democrat, whether it's freaking constitutionalists. I don't care who it freaking is. All right? If you're doing that, you are scum. You should go to jail. Not get a taxpayer check for over $4 billion. But that's where our money went. How much wind energy, if we just took the $4 billion from Acorn, and said, you know what, we're going to throw some turbines out in West Texas. Now, I want to be clear, I don't want to spend any of this money. But I do want to look at it and say, well, since you're supposed to be creating green energy, how much freaking green energy could you create, and what is the ROI for the American people? Now, here's what you have to understand to really let this thing piss you off the way you need to be pissed off right now. Okay? When you build a windmill, and electricity comes out of it... It keeps producing it for years and years and years. On and on and on. It doesn't go away. And the electricity that comes out of it is a commodity. You can sell it. It has value. Now, nobody wants to be paying $500 a month for electric bills like some people are right now. Nobody wants to be paying $0.18 cents a kilowatt like some people in some states are right now. But, People are more than happy to pay for reasonably priced electricity. There is a market out there, and at generation at 4 cents a kilowatt, we could be selling to the private sector at 8 cents a kilowatt, letting them do distribution and, and capping the profit at 20%, selling to the public at 10 cents a kilowatt, and telling them, go build some of your own. Because this works better than cogeneration. This works better than burning oil. This works better than burning natural gas. There's an infrastructure now. Use it. You can use the infrastructure. The power we generate, you have to buy from us. This puts a profit back into into the government. Now, should the government be in the business for profit? No. So what do we do? We could pay off the national debt, folks. We could pay off the debt with this money. This $837 billion could have solved our financial problem if we were going to spend it anyway. In fact, we probably could have made enough money with this project to actually fix Social Security and prop it up. Because it's the danger of going broke and insolvent by 2050 or earlier. We probably could have fixed Medicare and Medicaid and made them what they should be and only cover the right people. We could have eliminated our national debt. And we could have put this country back on a track by putting people to work, developing new technologies, developing new infrastructure. That's what we could have done with $837 billion. And it would have returned an immediate profit. By the time the project was done, it is already profitable. But no, your government bought grass for the National Mall. Your government spent a combined almost $20 billion to supposedly provide oversight and transparency on how they're spending our money, yet no one, including the senators that voted for this bill, really know everything that's in it and how it's all allocated and where all the money is going and how many programs are really there. Nobody knows. So we have to do something, and I'm not sure what it is yet, But I do think declaring independence from some of the systems, and placing a statement in front of our government, you work for us, and I'm going to hold you accountable as an employee, and you're under review, and your job is up for termination at this point, is a good start. Now I was listening to a radio station today before I got on the highway, and I've gotten to the point now where I don't start the recorder until I'm on the highway and I don't have to do any exits or entrances, and I can pretty much just be driving straight uh, and making a few lane changes while I'm doing the show. It makes my life easier and safer. I was tempted to listen to this radio show a little bit longer and start my broadcast a little bit later today because he was talking about civil disobedience and having people call in with their ideas. Then the host lost me. Because a guy called in and said, basically we have nobody to blame but ourselves, and the only thing we can do is call our elected officials and wait for the next election and hope we do better next time. Because we voted these people into office. And I think, you know what, there's a lot of people that voted their, 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 you know, who they could vote for into office, and those people did what they wanted. They voted Republican for their House, they voted Republican for their Senate, and their guys didn't turn on them. They didn't turn on them with the other bailout bill under Bush. So, those people are just supposed to sit around and take it to face from the rest of the populace that was dumbed down with marketing? Where they didn't really have any choices anyway. I just saw a bumper sticker. And oh my God, do I wish I would have thought of this. It said, if God intended me to vote, he would have given me real candidates to choose from. That's exactly how I felt in the last election. Who was I going to vote for? John McCain? We just have a different version of a spending bill under John McCain, folks. John McCain endorsed the first bailout under Bush. He was the lead dog in the Senate that got it done. Obama claimed credit for it. And people voted for him, but McCain didn't. He should have got blame, not Obama getting credit. And now we're supposed to just sit here and take it. I was about to turn them off. I figured, well, I'll leave them on and see what the next guy says. next guy called in with an idea. And I want you guys to start bouncing this around among yourselves. This is an interesting idea that this guy had. And it's a pretty mild form of civil disobedience. But, boy, it would make a statement. What he said we should do is that we should all pick a day. Say, June 2nd, 2008, 9, whatever it is, 2009. And at five fifteen, wherever you are, you're gonna slowly come to a stop in your vehicle until the traffic behind you stops, put your car in park, and wait for five minutes. Just five minutes. That with just a you know, four or five thousand people across the United States that agree to be on major highways and take this course of action. We could shut down almost every major freeway in America for five minutes. That's only five minutes, and you wouldn't block shoulders so ambulances and cop cars and emergency responders could get to hospitals. We wouldn't block secondary roads, access roads, just the freeway for five minutes. And then if we could pull something like that off across the country... It just might start to get their attention. And they might start looking at this and going, these people, they're starting to talk to each other. And they're starting to realize that they have power. Now, the interesting thing is that caller came after. After the host basically said, there's nothing we can do. Now, the host actually turned on a dime and went, you know, that's not half bad. And, you know... Here's the thing, I think that if we think as an American population hard enough, we can come up with something that we can do, that actually will matter, that someone will care about, that they will pay attention to, and will start to put politicians back in touch with the fact that no matter how much they think they can get away with things, they really and truly work for us. We do not work for them. They are accountable to us. We are not accountable to them. We have the power. They do not. We've lost touch with that, and so have they. And we need to bring it back in front of them. And what it makes me think of is a story. It was a story that somewhere back in the 1800s, and I don't remember the guy's name, but some guy decided we needed to close the patent office. No more patents. And they said, well, why are you making this motion to close the patent office? I mean, what did the patent office ever do to you? What do you have against the patent office? And this guy said, I don't have anything against the patent office. It just doesn't matter anymore. He said, what What do you mean it doesn't matter anymore? He said, well, everything that will ever be invented has already been invented. There's, there's nothing left to invent. We've reached such a peak of invention and possibility, that there's nothing left. And of course, he got nowhere with it. But that is an extremely myopic lack of vision. And I think when people are lazy and they look at our society today and they say to themselves, there's nothing we can do, you're being that guy. You're being lazy and you're having an amazing lack of vision and I'm challenging you today to find vision. To realize there are things that we can do beyond just what you can do when you vote. And that's my individual succession idea. That one of the things that we can do is refuse. To not take handouts. To stand up like freaking characters did on TV shows in the 60s and the 70s and even the 80s and say, this family will not take charity. I'm the man of the house. I'll provide for my own. I think that we can do that. I think that we can start working together with doctors and I think we can start creating doctor's offices that don't take any insurance. You go to Dr. So-and-so, he doesn't take insurance. But what he does is, since Medicaid pays him 35 bucks for an office visit, and he has to wait a month to get his 35 bucks, and he has to fill out all kinds of paperwork and all kinds of overhead, he sees patients without insurance for $35 cash on the barrel for a basic office visit. And I think that type of a medical establishment would be successful. And we can say, I'm going there. And if we have insurance, and you say, well, what do I have insurance for? You have insurance for tests that are beyond the scope of a normal office visit. And he can send you to a clinic that takes your insurance for tests. And if you go to the hospital, you have insurance for catastrophic medical. And I think people can start looking and saying, how can I cut costs on my medical insurance if I'm not worried about pay, You know, it paying for me to go to the freaking doctor? If I'm willing to spend, if I'm willing to look at a man that spent eight freaking years in school and two years as a resident to get his credentials, and say, yes, doctor, 20 minutes a year time, it's worth $35. I'll give you that decency that your time's worth that, and I can afford to pay that if I really need to go to the freaking doctor. And if you have to go get expensive medications because that's what you need, you use your insurance for that. But day-to-day medical, you pay out-of-pocket. Cash. And then you damn sure make sure you use the deductions that are available to you in the government. That's just one idea of saying no more. But we have to have other people participate for that one. You don't have to have other people participate to send send your food stamps back to the government. You qualify for food stamps? Change your mind. Send them back. Don't take WIC. Don't take welfare. I'm going to have to edit that out because I used the F word there. But go get a job. Seriously. Go get a job. Instead of sitting around on welfare. And people would say, well, Jack, people have been saying that for years. I'm not saying it to everybody on welfare. I'm saying it to one person who's actually willing to listen. And I really don't know exactly all the things to do with this. And I'm looking for you to help me. I'm looking for ways that we can make this concept better and stronger and make it more about creating more independence. I think that we need to say, if you're, going to, if you're going to sign this Declaration of Independence, you're going to do something to create your own source of energy. Maybe you don't have the money to go out and build a big photovoltaic system, but you're going to at least put in a little redundant backup system, a solar panel, a battery, and a few lights. You'll begin the process. That you're going to produce some of your own food that you're going to buy from local agriculture. Maybe we go back to my call to arms and we wrap some of those things into it. But I'm looking for you to tell me what you think we can do. How we can stand up together and be collective. I didn't start this show to become some kind of a political influence or to become some kind of a cult leader. I started this show because I believe in people like the people that listen to my show today. Because I believe in the ideal that is America returning to what it used to be. Because I believe in you. And I believe in the creativity and the entrepreneurialism and the power of the American people. And I still believe... ...in the Constitution of the United States of America. And I believe that many men shed their blood for that document. And I'm watching our politicians pee on it right now. And crap on it right now. And I'm watching the last vestiges of the free enterprise system that made our country the greatest in the world. And I am not freaking ashamed to say that. This country has done more than any country that it has ever existed. And we didn't do it because we are simply great. We did it because we had a system that allowed human greatness to excel. We're not better than everybody else. The system has been better than everybody else. But what do we want to do now? We want to turn the system into everybody else's system. Everybody else's system has failed. We have people in Britain with great health care, but they can't get treatment because their life is not as valuable as the treatment that's available to them. That is a failure. France has amazing unemployment rates, and it's hard to find a job in France, so the citizens are leaving. Because once you hire somebody in France, it's almost impossible to fire them. So French industry is in massive decline. That is failure. That is failure. President Obama said that Japan had a time called the Lost Decade. And it was because when they had a financial crisis, they didn't do anything. That is a lie. They did exactly what we are doing now. They pumped a bunch of money into the system. They fired up their own printing presses at their own central bank. They did exactly what we're doing. And that is why Japan's economy had a lost decade. And that's what it's setting you and I up for. So what can we as a people do? How can we create an act of secession? How can we say, Dear Congressman, I am no longer subject to your systems, but you are subject to my employment because my money is funding you. Are there other acts of civil disobedience that we can take that are nonviolent? Because one of those things the radio host said, you know, back in the 60s, it was taking over buildings and setting things on fire and people getting shot. That's not... How you get something done. But what if 50 million Americans decided not to go to work for a week and not to take any vacation pay during that week? To shut the economy down. For seven days. You don't buy any food. You don't go anywhere. You use the lights and the heat and the electricity as little as possible. You don't take vacation pay, so you don't pay any taxes. You don't spend any money, so you don't pay any taxes. And 50 million Americans took their tax contributions away for five days or seven days. You think that would get their attention? I think it would get their attention. It's hundreds of billions of dollars, folks. Gone. And it never comes back. It doesn't reset. It's lost. Now, there would be a big boom, I guess, of people going to the grocery store. But I'd say, be prepared. With, you know, If you're going to participate, have enough groceries to make it three weeks. Right? Don't run out and start spending right away. Slowly bring it back to normal. Would that get their attention? You know, I I think that would get their attention. Will Glenn Beck's project, We Surround Them, get their attention? If you haven't heard about this, folks, all it is is if you agree with seven of these nine tenants that Glenn has, my favorite one being the government is accountable to me, not I that am accountable to the government, take a picture of yourself and send it to WeSurroundThem at gmail.com and be part of that. Will that get their attention? It might. I don't put it past Glenn to get tens of millions of pictures by the time this thing's over. He has the reach to do it. And there's a lot of people talking about it. There's things that we can do as individuals and as a group. To take our nation back. And you know, I want to say something about that again. I think I said this on my show on Secession, but I have heard people when I say take my nation back. Say, well take it back from who? Who took us over? The Canadians? And other moronic, stupid statements like that. If you say that to me, I'm not even going to talk to you anymore. You're not worth my time. And if somebody says something like that to you, don't talk to them anymore. They're not worth your time. Remember one quote from the Bible, do not cast your pearls among swine. And religious are not, boy, is there wisdom in that. In other words, don't waste your words on the unhearing. Don't waste your deeds on the ungrateful. Don't waste your action on the ineffectual. Cast me, jerk! Sorry, folks. So, I, I think that kind of wraps today's show up, and I know I didn't give you a lot of things that you can do as far as storing food, or we didn't talk about fishing, or gardening, or solar panels, or really green energy, other than how much we could have bought for $837 billion. And, and you might end today's show just being mad, but let that anger be useful. Call the clowns that work for you. Call your senators, call your congressmen, tell them how unhappy you are with this. If they voted against it, and you agree with me on this and I think most of you do if you don't you do whatever you want I'm not going to tell you how to act or think but if you agree with me call the people that voted against it and say I do appreciate the fact that you stood up against this but if they're one of your you know repugnant Republicans say I sure wish you would have done this when you guys had some power I sure wish you would have been involved when you had some power and if you're going to keep your job you better keep doing this Let that anger flow and let it be constructive, not destructive. And then I'm going to challenge everybody, and I'm going to make a thread in the forum on civil disobedience for ideas that we could do. And let's collectively think about different ways that the people could let the government know that, hey, you know what, folks, we're still in charge here, and uh, we're really about fed up with you. Because I think, and I could be wrong, but I think the majority of the American people were against this. And I think the majority of the American people were against the auto bailout. And I think the majority of the American people were against the TARP bailout. So we have had three of the biggest spending bills in a row ramrodded down our throats against our will and against our statements. Those three bills had massive numbers of people doing what everybody says to do. Call your senator, call your rep. And they knew we didn't want it, and they did it anyway. So we now have a defiant government. So I believe when you have a defiant government, the only response is a defiant people, folks. So let's collectively figure out how to do that together, because I think that's part of living a better life. Believe it or not. Because until you put the spirit of independence back in your heart, you're not going to be able to get the other things done you need done. If we let these clouds keep doing what they're doing, they're going to take away the things that make us able to be prepared and to have independent lives. That's where we're headed. We're headed for national health care. It's in the bill. All the infrastructure is in the bill. It'll be very easy to move over to. This bill is almost just flat out going to put private health insurance out of business within about five years. It really is. And there's a lot of other things right there that we don't even know about. So, folks, stay strong. Stay creative. Keep building that independent life. And think and be involved. That's all I ask from you. Have your own thoughts, your own beliefs, but be involved. This has been Jack Spearco with another edition of the Survival Podcast. Helping you figure out how to live that better life. If times get tough, or even if they don't. You can scream and holler It really doesn't matter Cause it all gets spent